Gav? Gav! Don't tell me there's more of the bastards. Oh, fuck. And welcome to episode 56 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Titan to my Bahamut, John. Now, John, you were unable to bring a topic at the beginning last week, but what do you got for me today, huh? You got something? (laughs) Uh, I got a a house full of screaming children and dogs that are probably going to bark throughout the podcast. I'll have to apologize for that. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I will say... Yeah, I am stalling you, right? I'm trying to think. But, um, you know, this might be a little bit of a spoiler because I think we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth. But I got to say, man, like the thing that's been taking up my brain space for video games the past couple days is Baldur's Gate 3's close. You know, it's it's creeping up on us. And I wasn't paying attention to this game at all. And they're starting to roll out a lot of the the things about it, which we'll get into. But, man, does this game look like... Um, Look like it's going to be something special, uh, and and like I said, you know, it, it's kind of interesting what they're doing with the release schedule and things like that. So that's kind of been been taking up a little bit of my my mind space here uh, lately, Unex- unexpectedly as well. That's good. I, I wasn't I wasn't planning on paying attention to this game at all. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. This this fall, if as long as everything hits, could be very interesting. It could match the first half of this year for sure. So, well, I mean, yeah, dude, we're we're talking. You know, we we've, we've been talking behind the scenes and everything just on. Uh, and I think it's an industry topic right now as well. But, you know, is this an all time year? And I would I would say, you know, without going into the research and looking in some of the past great years like 1998 with Ocarina of Time and Metal Gear and in 2007 with Mass Effect and Bioshock and things like that. This is cooking, man. This is this is a, a year that's going to be remembered very, very fondly. And, uh, you know, it seems like the hits are going to keep coming. We got that. We got Armored Core. Uh, got Spider-Man 2. It just it's nonstop mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, as long, like I said, as long as there's no delays, if everything that says it's going to release this year will, yeah, it'll it'll no, be one the, of the greatest. The, the industry figured out delays, Nick. There's never going to be another delay <laughs> ever again. They figured it out. Yeah, uh-huh. We'll All see. Right? It's, it's, it's simply to just not give a release date until it's like a week out. Because <laughs> I, like I feel like that's what Helldivers is doing right now. Yeah, they're, we'll talk they're being again very about coy, that. aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. All right, so let's get into talking about those games. So this is how the show works. John and I both bring three things to talk about for a total of six things. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news item. It can be a topic we feel like talking about. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod or a comment on our YouTube page, PlayStation Pals. Any of those things we feel like talking about, we bring it. So, John, kick things off for this episode. Oh, yes. Yes. So, shocker, guys. Um, you know, the big game of the summer still. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. you know, Nick and I have been plugging away at it. Um, 
so yeah, just wanted to kind of get a little check in here, see what our temperatures are at for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll just kind of start off here. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to get into the narrative very heavily. That'll be saved for the spoiler cast that we're going to inevitably do when we finish the game. But Nick, I at least wanted to just again kind of focus on how special I think the combat is. <laughs> um, uh, how far are because, you? I guess let's let's get an update on that. Sure, sure. So I am probably I would say. You know, my PlayStation's telling me I'm about 40% through the main story um, without being as spoilery as possible. Um, I've got three of the powers, I guess. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, I, mean, I don't think that's really a spoiler at this point. You kind of, as soon as you start the game, you realize how that that's all going to function. So yeah. um, I'm probably, I'm going to guess, you know, two-fifths of the way through. Probably about, yeah, about 40%. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> uh, I am like almost done. <laughs> I am. I have not finished the game, but I am extremely far. I have all the icon abilities. I have finished the hunt board. I am cleaning up side quest, and then I will be going into the main, the, the what looks to be the final mission in the game. So, so Ooh. I'm very far. <laughs> nice. Did you did you get a, a good evening in last night? Yeah. Sounds like you did. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I got nice. a good four to five hours in and uh yeah, that yeah, I'm is I'm pushing to the finish line here, so I should All be right. done well, with it this weekend. Okay. Well I'll I'll let you cover a lot of a lot of the stuff then, but I'm just gonna like I said, wanna focus on the combat sure, because go ahead. I, I do think that this is a, a very special system that they crafted with this game. Um, again, you know, it's 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 known, but this is Ryota Suzuki of Devil May Cry combat fame. So you knew you were going to get something special in here. But I just want to highlight how how fluid and beautiful the systems and everything work together. You know, when you start when you start this game and you play the demo, it, it does seem like it's going to be very surface level and really not going to be much more than maybe some button mashiness. Mm-hmm. But as you start to unlock these icon abilities and like, you know, okay, now I have two. Oh shit, I have three now. So you're really alternating between these six special moves and like watching their meters and figuring out you know, if you can stun an enemy and then unleash some of your ultimates on them to really do some damage um, and just different smooth things like that. You know, while you're while while that's all going on, you're using a basically a blink dash move where you're you're zipping around to different people as quickly as you can. If you have Garuda equipped, you can pull them close to you. It's just so, so good to mm-hmm. the point where every single encounter that I come across like that almost seems like the the reward for me because again as we talked about last week you know there are some light RPG elements in this game I wish that sometimes when you got you know uh, you, you finished a fight or you come across a chest you're gonna get something unique you really never do no. um, with with rare exception but that's okay because I think the combat is so fun that the reward of just getting a little bit more experience points so that I can go into my skill tree and upgrade one of the abilities that I really like whether that's mastering ignition or um, you know adding in one of the icons like ultimate moves for lack of a better word which is a, a much longer cooldown but it's really going to destroy everybody in your environment mm-hmm. it just allows a very very fun way to adapt the combat to the way that you want to do it yep. um, and just and feels feels very good when you just pull off a nice clean set of um, you know dash dash special 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 dash dash over here oh I, I killed everybody I'm the man it's just it's it's very very good um, and 
Yeah, it's it's pulling me through the game for sure. And then you add all the other extra elements of the narrative and stuff too that I think are are, are you know have their ups and downs, but they're pretty awesome uh, as well. It's it's turning into everything I hoped it would be. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's very fluid, and it's great to just find your rhythm, like experiment with all the moves and the different icons. Especially now that you have three, you can switch between yep. three in combat. It's just about yeah finding what works best and then just unleashing hell on <laughs> whoever you're fighting. You know so. Uh, yeah, and it, like I said, you, you just unlock more and more options as you unlock more and more icons. So it's well, and, and I think they did a great job too because like um, you know, it's it's a very open system, right? Like mm-hmm. you can you can respec yourself whenever you want. So if you unlock a new icon and you've dumped some points into a different one that you don't really want to use anymore, boom, pull them out, no big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, they just allow you to do that. Or if, if you find a move that you really really like with one of the icons, but you don't want that equip that icon, you could spend some experience points, master it up so that you can then equip that specific move to a different icon to kind of carry that forward. Yep. So, you know, they, they allow you to to play around with it so that you can, you know, make Clyde the way you want to. And and I just, I really appreciate that that kind of stuff because if you come across a game that you really like the combat, but they, they, they handcuff you in different ways to make you kind of, I don't know, play a, a less than ideal way, it always feels a little little bad, but there's none of that going on here, and uh, yeah, I just gotta, gotta applaud them for it. No, it's definitely the RPG, the most RPG part of the game is how you can spec your Clive, and I'm sure as we get in here, there'll be, you know, posts of like the perfect build for Clive, like look at this combo yeah. you can do if you equip these icons, put these abilities in these slots, and you can pull off a continuous combo that just does x amount of damage you know with certain weapons you know so Mm -hmm. um so even though it's rpg light on the gear side and everything the on the combat side it your clive can be is your clive like there's probably a thousand different variants of clive that you can make you when especially when you have all the icons unlocked yeah he's a he's a sexy little boy isn't he (laughs) and that clive uh do you i think we talked about this but you don't you're with me you don't like his his default outfit that you get <laughs> no <laughs> no no you made a comment of it before i even got it like equipped uh there's there's like a time skip or i don't even remember the, the point of the story where you get it but yeah yeah he looks like he belongs in castlevania he's got this <laughs> this tight black and red leather suit um that's way too tight with this ridiculous cape that hangs behind him um and i think the cape looks cool but when you combine it with everything else he's wearing he, he looks a little silly yeah um but you know for for the guy who doesn't really get into customizing characters and and things like that it never it it I probably wouldn't have really like made a mental note of it unless if you said something. But when you said something, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's silly." And, and it's but, really you know. too flashy for the world too, because nobody right. else, nobody in your the, one of the random party members or anything else like that, they nobody looks like him. So no, even even yeah, Sid Sid's just wearing like a drab brown like coat. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> and like yeah, and then here's here's Clive who looks like he's you know Richter Belmont going to slay Dracula. It's, just, it's silly. Um. Are you bummed that there are no status effects in the game other than the stagger system? Like, you can't, there's no poison, um, either you or the enemy, like, either or. Um, you you do get, with Shiva, you can freeze enemies, so that that is something. But you can't, like, okay. with Rama, you can't send an enemy into shock or anything like that. Like, there's no, like, status ailments that you can inflict on, or burn damage or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Do you, find that, do you find that to be... Uh, a downside to the game? 
I do. I mean, I, I understand why maybe it's not in there because the systems and everything are so fast that if you're trying to like really analyze what's going on with the enemies from a elemental status standpoint, right. it might become just too complex. But it does seem like one of those Final Fantasy things that's just kind of absent for whatever reason um you know i remember playing through 10 and yeah you, you come across like a, a, f- a fire magic character you're like yeah i got an ice spell get fucked dude <laughs> and you just you, you throw it at them and they're they're done right and so yeah you know and and that kind of builds off like another final fantasy thing that you know cure curaga cura like that evolution of the different spells that you would get to like you know you start off just like basically with a little squirt squirt gun with a water attack and then you're unleashing a waterfall onto people later in the game right so like that, that <laughs> That kind of stuff not being there yeah it, it hurts a little bit but it's it's a it's softened very much by just the funness of the combat itself sure um i got a question for you and and if you don't want to say it i understand for spoiler reasons but do i eventually get a cure spell or am i stick with am i stuck with potions the entire game you are stuck with potions so yeah. Uh, yeah. you will get the ability to carry more and they'll be more potent as long as you okay. do uh, the side quest again with the side quest show up as like green exclamation points in this game. But if you see a side quest that has the plus sign in the middle, uh, do those because that's how you get yeah. your mount. That's how you get these um, better uh, blacksmith. The, you can upgrade the blacksmith and how you can upgrade your potions and their potency. So make sure you do quests like that. Okay. Yeah, I will. I mean, weirdly enough, like one of the worst parts of the game are the side quests, but I do every single one of them yeah. just because they're so easy. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that. But that's that's see, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. I, I liked having a party member in old Final Fantasy games or something like that where they're like, "Hey, you're my healer, man." Just like when I'm when I'm fucked, you you heal me. Like twelve was a, twelve was a great system, right? Because of the I can't remember the what the the gambit system, thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, where you could just like say to a uh, specific party member, "Hey, if my health if my health is below forty percent, you cast Cura." Right. And it's like that's great, like because yeah, you just never have to worry about it. But Torgal does do a little bit of healing, but it's not enough to really, I feel like, make an impact. No. Um, but okay, now well, no big deal, whatever. <laughs> and uh, what, what do you think of Gav? I feel like I haven't really known him enough oh, okay. yet. I mean, I mean, you know, he right, you know. Um, Obviously, no spoilers. He was kind of just like an ancillary character up to the point where I'm at in the game. And I feel like he's now kind of taking more of a right-hand man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, I do, but I don't really know because where I'm at in the story, he's just kind of, I think, off doing a little bit of reconnaissance for us. I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah. He uh, pops in and out. So he's not, I wouldn't, he's probably like not a, a main character by any means. But he shows up enough to where he's just the best. He's, he says yeah. he has some good fucks in the in the story <laughs> okay. good, good use of the word fuck um that is great. good because i yeah i feel like i feel like char- the character work is fine but they they could have had a little bit stronger character presence sid's great clive's great jill's a wet blanket oh she sucks um, so hard she's, yeah, she's so just, boring she's, she's just there to say just, oh, oh i'm the i'm the pretty princess and i just it's like i i had nothing i had nothing and it's fine um you know it's a love interest thing i'm sure but um yeah the character work is a little weak uh, i would say yeah the one of the mother crystals you're going to do is more jill heavy but even still it's just so ugh. okay <laughs> it's just so yeah. bland <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. alright well that's good to look I, I can look forward to more Gav Gavness yeah 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 anytime Gav's on you you pay attention he's, he's great okay <laughs> so um, but uh, 
before we move on, I want to talk about what Final Fantasy 16 is doing to my PS5. Um, <laughs> I told you already, John, but Final Fantasy 16 is hard crashing my PS5 randomly. Um, I'm playing in performance mode. I, I After this crashing started, I, I wanted to see, is this just exclusive to me or are other people having this issue? And they are. A lot of it has to be with when you're playing in the graphics mode that it'll crash at specific points. But uh, in performance mode, it's just crashing randomly. And for the most part, it's fine. I have to unplug my PS5 and plug it back in to get it to come back. But uh, And the, the auto saves in this are very generous. Like, I'm... Unless I'm in a boss fight, I'm typically coming right where it crashed. Uh, but uh, but it is still weird, and it's happening enough to where it's just I'm I'm over it. Stop crashing. Um, and this is even yeah. after the this most recent patch, the 1.03. But uh, I just wanted to make a note of it that yeah, it it's I'm assuming it's overheating my PlayStation, and my PlayStation has to shut down. Is what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Just on a brief googling, yeah, that's. That seems to be the case. I mean, I, I there is a fix they say, but it's it's rebuilding your database, Ugh. clearing your cache out, things like that. Which I'm sure you're just like, let me beat the game, and then maybe I can do that, or hopefully not worry about it because Final Fantasy 16 will be done at that point. Right. But that is a weird thing with this game. It seems like the polish is not quite where it needs to be Mm -hmm. um specifically when you're just running around in the world you'll get a lot of frame skips and i don't usually notice that stuff but i notice it just when you're running around when you're in combat it's it's fine like i don't notice anything at all but um for a game that they said they basically finished a year ago and they just were going to spend the next year polishing (laughs) it it's a little a little concerning that like i am what was the state of this game before they started doing all that and it's it's simply unacceptable to yeah have a game crash PS5s, even if it is a, a minor thing. So I'm, I'm glad, you, glad you're almost at the end. How many times do you think it's crashed your PlayStation? Uh, it's up there. It's probably like probably 10 times, I would say. Uh, Damn, dude. Yeah, it's and it's just random. It, like I said, it's not like, like I can't specifically say like, oh, it's during icon fights or, you know, some of the more intense scenes. It's just, it's everywhere. It's, it, I can be just walking through the world and it'll crash. So, um, hmm. but, uh, yeah, I just, right, well. and the other last thing I wanted to be, bring up too is, man, this game is gorgeous. <laughs> like, yeah. like when you, some of these environments are just they're just breathtaking. Like uh, when you're in Sambrek, where you just where you were, where you're walking in that giant field and you can see the castle in the background and a giant crystal sitting there. It's like yeah. God. Just some of the vistas in this are just it's just incredible, and the game's full of them. So I just I just wanted to bring that up too. Oh yeah, it's it's a true Final Fantasy game, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it 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 has those that spectacle. Yeah, yeah. So that that's all I got. All right. So if you're all right, ready. Well, cool. So all right, well everybody, stay tuned for John to once again drag his heels and try to finish a game <laughs> while Nick's just patiently waiting. I'll, I'll get to, I'll get through it as quickly as I can. That's not uh, no um, rush. I know, I know. It's it's more self self imposed rushing. Um, all right. So next on the list here, Nick, we got treated to uh, a little bit of a, a trailer for an upcoming game that we've been expecting this year, and that is from Arrowhead Games, Helldivers Two, coming to PlayStation Five and PC later this year. Uh, but they showed us about a four minute uh, YouTube. Um, 
video that kind of just highlighted some of the combat and systems that the game has. Um, for those who don't know, Helldivers originally released on PlayStation 4 in 2015. Uh, it was a second party exclusive, so uh, this is a studio that PlayStation has definitely had a history of working with. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, man. Nick, I think this is one of those teams that, like, if Helldivers 2 does well, Sony's going to be like, yeah, we want you. We're going to buy mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see on that. But, um, yeah, just surface-level thoughts initially, Nick, and then I'll get your thoughts. I mean, this is a third-person, team-based um, co-op game where you're kind of... Um, you know, think Starship Troopers, where you're kind of, you know, landing on a planet, killing a bunch of huge bugs, uh, people dying left and right. Um, but kind of what are your what are your overview thoughts of the little video we got, Nick? And does this make you want to play this game anymore? <laughs> it's funny because we kind of glanced over this when it was in the PlayStation Showcase. And I think and this point was made in another podcast, uh, Rebel FM, where you uh, Arthur on that show said that the overall downness of the showcase, like I, since our expectations were meant, weren't met, that uh, a lot of things in that showcase that would have shown better anywhere else kind of had that taint to it, yeah. including Foam Stars, which I had to apologize about, and including this game too, which looks really good. Like it does look great like it is it kind of reminds me of returnal and in the how it plays and how the ui looks and they're both unreal engine games so that could be why but uh yeah it looks looks great i love the drop animation of your character how he loads into the world you kind of come out of a drop pod that shoots Mm -hmm. to the planet and then your guy just like pops out of it um i love the armor design it looks like it looks hectic as hell like yeah. i'm sure that game will yeah. be insane when there's a horde of bugs and you got four guys just shoot. i think i think it's four yeah four guys shooting yeah four. uh all at once that it, it'll probably be really crazy um but i don't know if it's for me because of if it's very co-op heavy i just i'm kind of past playing games with other people <laughs> i'll admit uh yep. so i don't know if that part's for me but everything they showed I, I mean i like how i like when developers present their games like this with them talking over the systems uh, over over gameplay footage and kind of explaining what's going on i thought it looked great it looks like a really good game if it hits this year it, I, which i think it will it looks mm. looks fairly long like in the footage they've shown so um yeah could be a great game yeah yeah, I, I fully expect this game this year also. I mean, I, I would guess that there's some sort of internal directive from Sony about release dates. It seems like they're kind of doing the same thing that Spider-Man did, where it's like, look, until you're absolutely positively sure mm-hmm. you're going to be able to hit that date, don't say anything. So I, I think this is probably the same thing. Being that this is another Sony second-party game, they're they're um, financing a lot of it, so they're going to have a lot of says on that. But uh, I agree, man. I mean, this seems to be kind of scratching that same itch that I was hoping Remnant 2 would do, where it's just just a, a a fun third person you know game to go on go into and just destroy as many enemies as possible while using fun different mechanics to you know increase your destruct or to increase your your firepower um you know it's obviously a major shift from the first game which was top down into this third person's pers- perspective but it does seem like they're retaining a lot of what made that game what it was um nick did you ever play helldivers one at all or no, no it is a game i wanted to try but again i didn't really okay. have much many any people to play with so i just skipped yeah. over it so 
Yeah, I tried it by myself. Um, it wasn't great by yourself, but you know it does. It does have a cool system. They, they talk about it in the video called the stratagem system, uh, where basically as you go through a level, you're kind of getting these different power ups and things where you can call call down a, a drop for you that's going to give you a you know a turret gun or a new weapon or an increase in your armor and things like that. And it's just going to probably just factor into the replayability of it, the funness of it. Where if you get a good team with a bunch of good stratagems, you're just going to destroy a bunch of bugs, and that, that's always fun mm-hmm. but but yes nick i agree with you i am worried that this game will be doa from for me specifically for me on the arrival just by the nature of it mm-hmm. um you know is this game going to be fun to play by yourself or with one other person if it's fun to play with one other person you know maybe i could see myself doing it but or with just randoms you, have to, you know like is it fun to with an uncoordinated for team yeah. you know Right, and, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, because one thing that this game does kind of well, very similarly to Starship Troopers, there's this element of comedy to it. Even though it's <laughs> it's, ve- it's very violent and, and fast and crazy, it's, you know, in the trailer, they're just like, everything will kill you. You could drop you could drop a stratagem on your teammate, it's going to kill you. You could spawn into the world, and you're just spawn into somebody's crossfire, and boom, you're dead. But that's kind of part of it. So, like... If there's a good balance between like, hey, we can just drop in, have a fun fucking time and not worry about little things and Mm -hmm. go, maybe it's great. But if it's like, oh, you're not going to beat this mission unless if you're a coordinated team, uh, I don't don't need that. There'll probably be a mix of both. There'll be higher difficulty missions that will require the coordination and then the easy missions will not, so... Yeah, but I I think this game will, like, it's it's something I, I... I'm not anticipating getting on launch. I'm curious what the price is going to be because the first Helldivers was, I think, 40 bucks at launch, but it did seem a little bit more budget. This this has a lot more polish and, and money behind it, so I don't know if they're going for the full 70 or 60. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I could also see this easily coming to extra, being that it is a Sony game. You know, maybe at some point next year. Um, you know, and also that it's co-op based and and. You know, you can breathe some life into the player base by just putting it on one of those services. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, who knows, man? Maybe they'll even be like, yeah, it's day and date with extra. Well, I was going to ask knows? you that. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, it could be. I don't I don't think they will, but I... Cause I don't either. It seems it, like, it's going to sell. It's going to sell. Yeah, I think I think just, just it looks like a game, yeah, that will do well. It doesn't need the extra uh, attached to get a player base going. But it will be there eventually, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a fifty dollar game. Is that that is my guess? Yeah, that'll be fifty. So, yep. And and lastly, here I just want to read a quick little uh, blurb from one of the reviews from Hell Divers, and so just to kind of give people a flavor of like what how it was received, but it did get an eighty two on uh, Open Critic with a nine from IGN. The first one did, so it's it's high quality. But uh, it says Hell Divers combines the best part of a shoot 'em up and strategy genre and delivers it with excellent co op minded gameplay. However. This is its downfall, as critics note how it is not as satisfying to play without friends. Yeah. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what that, how that shapes up for the second one. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, Helldivers look forward to it later this year. Yeah. PC and PS5. All right. So let's move on again. The fall is hitting, is heating up, and a lot of the games that are coming out this fall are, you know, starting their marketing cycle. So. Uh, and that includes Mortal Kombat 1, which got a new trailer this week. It focused on the Lin Kuei, which is the ninjas of the Mortal Kombat universe. Uh, this trailer did focus a lot on Sub-Zero and Scorpion, but it announced two more fighters. 
Smoke and Rain, who are returning fighters from Mortal Kombat Past, and three more cameos, the yellow cyborg ninja Cyrax, the red cyborg ninja Sector, and the female Sub-Zero Frost are now cameos. And if you remember, cameos are fighters that you can call in during the fight to extend your combos, perform grabs, uh, they'll participate in the fatalities and whatnot. Uh, John, what did you think of this trailer? Um, you know, I, I think it's more of the same. <laughs> um, it's it's weird, man, because, you know, especially after we played a little bit of Street Fighter Six, it's like, it's how do you not compare that game, those two games together? And while I think it all looks great, it's simply more Mortal Kombat, um, you know, and I, I, I just don't see them doing as much reinvigoration and reinvention with the formula and franchise to set itself apart just like Street Fighter did so I I think you know the fans who are into the series who are into fatalities and over the top everything um, you know gonna be super fun for you I just the cameo system is not enough of a game changer to get me to want to check out the game Um, and the characters look great I'm always a fan of all these ninjas the ninjas are I don't know how they do it but they make all of them awesome yeah and uh yeah, so I, I think I think it will be good, not groundbreaking like Street Fighter Six seems to be right now. Yeah, yeah. If I was if I was to predict, it'd be like a high eighties uh, review yeah. because it does it does look good. Like visually, it looks good. The combat mm-hmm. looks fluid. You know, obviously they're experts at this point at this, so you know this game's gonna hit. It's gonna have a great single player. It's gonna have it'd be just an overall great fighting game package. But uh, is that enough? You know, as we as we mentioned when it was announced to uh, that to get more people to play it with a Mortal Kombat game, just not even what two three years ago released. Will yeah. will they get more players in? But uh, again, we're no Homelander or uh, <laughs> Omni Man. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> oh, they'll 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 be announced before it launches. But uh, right, drum up, drum up that hype right before launch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah they, they, it looks to be coming together. If it, even if it isn't John and I's jam. But uh, before we move on, I wanted to ask uh, you, John, what is what is your favorite MK Ninja? Mm, good question. So like I just said, they're all fucking dope. Um, <laughs> if I'm going OG, like when I was a little child playing Mortal Kombat 2, it's definitely Reptile. But that was during a time when it was just the three of them, Scorpion, Reptile, and Sub-Zero. Um, but if I were to say... It's got to be Noob Saibot, dude. Noob Saibot <laughs> was my main, if you were to say that, for a little kid. I just loved his little teleportation smoke move where you pop up right behind him and grab him and like slam him onto the ground. You just keep doing that over and over yeah. again, and people get real mad. Um, and I just like that it's um, uh, Tobias Boone backwards, which I don't know. I think, is that Ed Boone's full name? It could be, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure it is, but. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> Yep, yep, Ed Boon's name backwards, so, like, there's that little thing to it, too. But, you know, he's black, he's got a bunch of smoke, he's just kind of, you know... Yeah, he I don't fights know, he's with like, the shadow, <laughs> like, that's kind of, that's yeah. neat, you know? Yeah, super cool. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta throw out my man Noob Saibot, because he's, yeah, he's pretty, pretty okay. sweet. Okay, alright, yeah, my, mine is Reptile, uh, I was into Reptiles as a kid, so... A ninja that would take off his mask and reveal his reptile face and then stick his tongue out and eat their heads was <laughs> pretty pretty bones. gnarly to me. <laughs> yeah, and spit yeah. acid and all the things yeah. that he could do. Uh, he could turn invisible. Uh, you know, a lot of oh gr- god, that was. 
I remember, dude, I like, it's so funny, fighting games back in the day, before the internet, before, like, you just knew what the moves were, you'd, like, you'd just button mash, and then all of a sudden, you'd be like, how did I do that? Right. I remember with Reptile, he had, it was, I think it was a pretty complex, like, button entry to get him to turn invisible, but I did it once, and I remember spending, like, two weeks trying to fucking replicate it again, I could never do it. <laughs> could never do it. I thought, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win every single fight if I can just turn invisible. Right. But <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah. And not like it's an advantage, because you can't see yourself either, so it's not like <laughs> right. It's advantage. honestly probably adva- it's probably an advantage for the computer because like there's like I know where you are. Right, like, right, yeah, right. I, it's coded. Right, yeah. <laughs> or or when you're playing someone else, they're just gonna you know spam moves and they'll hit you eventually because you don't know where yep. you are. <laughs> so, exactly. So uh, yeah, yeah. You had to you you had to have block. You had to be blocking and then hit up up down high kick. It's like you can't hit. You're just gonna jump up up down. Fuck off. Right. It's impossible. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the game looks good, if it, even if it's not for us, but I, I'm keeping an eye on it, it for sure. You yeah. know, I said the same thing about Street Fighter and end up getting it, so we'll see what happens. Here. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, one final note, it's just, not, not to keep drawing the Street Fighter comparison, it's just when I, when I think of everything that people are talking about, critics and fans, of what really elevated this one from the previous ones, it's, it's the inclusion of the modern controls and... Yeah. And the first and the, and the um, single player mode; those are like the two things that they went above and beyond to radically change the game. And from even our short time playing it together, Nick and yes, yes, he beat me most of the time, but I did beat him once. Everybody, I just I want to say I beat Nick once yep. with Zangief. Um, no, it wasn't Zangief. Short- it was the the wind girl you beat me with. I forget her name. Oh, that's right, the little girl with the like the the sticks with a rock at the end of yeah. them. Um, but. I could even tell from that short amount of time playing it that they did such a solid job of of dumbing the game down to the casual level where I can now want to get into it. And if you can't get that with a fighting game, like for the casual person that you know you want to you want in to grow the franchise, it's it's a tough sell. So I'm curious to see if you know without that level of of um, Making just the the barrier of entry a little bit easier. If if it's going to just kind of be yep yep it's another Mortal Kombat we like it, or if it is going to be able to be pulled up to those like upper eighties low nineties and and be a reinvigoration of the franchise like Street Fighter Six was, just with how good it looks. We'll, we'll see, but uh, I don't know. Quickly on Street Fighter Six, you they announced that they sold two million copies. What what do you what do you think about that? That in the one month they did two million. I think it's I think it's good for a fighting game. I mean, it's a niche genre. They get a lot of publicity and a lot of play, but I think it's because it's such a legacy genre in the in the the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like the early '90s was such an important time for video games because you know the video games were kind of dying. Like when in the '70s and '80s, when with the rise of the Atari and things like that, you'd have all these crazy consoles, ColecoVision and Jaguars and all this other stuff, and it got too much to the point where people kind of started to walk away from it. I think a little bit. And and with the rise of the Super Nintendo, you know, you had your Mario's and things like that, but it can't be overstated how important Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat were um, to those times. So I think it's just, it's literally 30 years later kind of carrying on that same type of momentum. But I think $2 million in a week is really good. Um, I'm sorry, in a month, is is really good because these are games that have a lot of legs. You know, it's, um, it's next-gen only, so as people continue to get more of these consoles, you're going to see more sales of it. It's no, going to have long legs. 4. It is? Yeah. Oh. Well, then that makes it a little <laughs> bit less impressive, but um, I still I still think it's good. I mean, I don't know what the most sold uh, 
Street Fighter game of all time is, but um, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's good. It's not as good as like yeah, Final Fantasy selling three million in a week on a on a next gen only console. But um, I don't think fighting games are for as everybody as much as people think they are. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I I think it is impressive. And given also the competition, I mean it it's it launched a week with Diablo four, and mm-hmm. you know a couple weeks later. Final Fantasy 16 came out, so it was like it was a busy month on top of you know it being a fighting game. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's very good. I'm I'm sure they're very happy with that result. I'm sure this game will do very well by the end of the year. Um, but I, I'm curious yeah. if it, what its comparison to Mortal Kombat as far as sales will be. But I guess we'll, well, we'll and, find and, out. And here's a, here's a good comparison. I mean, Street Fighter Five in three months reached 1.4 million. Wow. Um, over overall, it sold seven point two, so that's pretty good. Like yeah. that's 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 a very 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 strong outing for for this one. Yeah. Um, to put it in a little bit of context. Okay. All yeah. right. So let's move on. As John mentioned in the header of the show, let's talk about Baldur's Gate three, another under the radar big release that is coming to PlayStation five. Uh, Baldur's Gate is a storied franchise it's the one and two are very very well reviewed it has been quite some time Baldur's Gate 2 released in the year 2000 so this is 23 years later and Mm -hmm. uh, this is coming from Larian Studios who made the very 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 excellently reviewed uh, series Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 so there is kind of there should be more hype about this game but again in the year as stacked as it is uh, it's kind of flying a little bit under the radar. Uh, the first thing, though, I want to talk about is their release strategy. So the PC version of this game is coming August 3rd, and the PS5 version is coming September 6th. And if you remember, a big, big release is coming September 6th, and that is Starfield. So if uh, you only own a PlayStation 5 and you're feeling the RPG blues because you're not able to play Starfield... Uh, Baldur's Gate's got your back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as the PC release, it is staying clear of Starfield, so they're going to be kind of have that month uh, advantage to uh, get ahead of you know the Starfield, which I believe will suck all the oxygen out of the room when it releases. So, uh, what do you what do you think of this release strategy? Uh, I think it's smart if you can do it. I mean. Baldur's Gate is historically through and through a computer game. Um, you know, they've mm-hmm. adapted it uh, to consoles, I think, um, you know, just based on their experience working with Divinity, uh, Larian Studios, that is. So I, I think it's smart because if, if you're ready to go on PC, why not move it up? That's where the bulk of your players are going to play anyway. Um, you know, that's where I think this this game needs to perform and, and, and do its best um Best, be on its best platform there. So, releasing the console version later on the same date as Starfield, I think it's it's not going to really cannibalize itself that much. Being that Starfield's Xbox exclusive, this is PlayStation Five exclusive. You really can't cross over unless if you own both both consoles. Um, and it's it's going to be a game. Both of these games are going to be games that are going to take months and months and months to beat, especially for a person like me. So, um, I think it really it really yeah, it just kind of puts the onus on the player to say, hey man, like you know like. 
you know, if, if you want to get it early, if you have a PC and a PlayStation 5, you can get it early if you want. Try and get ahead of it and then get ready for Starfield. Or, like, if you if you want to wait and you don't have a computer, you got it on this date anyway. It shouldn't matter because Starfield's not for you. Blah, blah, blah. It's just, you know, it's kind of a weird, unique scenario that I think is uh, beneficial for him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it is a very smart choice. And, yeah, as you mentioned in the header, is like, this is, this is a game that's, probably going to review very well and really beg us to play it um and and i'm gonna put the cherry on top i don't know if you knew this john but i think this is really gonna sell the game for you uh did you know jk simmons is in it (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) uh he is uh he is playing general ketherick thorm um how do you feel about that now (laughs) he's jk simmons is the man he's he's (laughs) He's got one of the most recognizable voices in all of entertainment. Um, his J. Jonah Jameson is legendary, and I love Whiplash is an incredible movie. Um, so, yeah, I will take J. Jonah J. or J. J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> J.K. Simmons in anything he wants to be in. I think he's he's got to secretly be just a huge nerd, isn't he? He's got to be probably. Like, I feel like just the amount of like like kind of projects like this that he attaches himself to you know portal and spider-man and now this it's invincible. like yeah, he's, he's a nerd omni man invincible yep <laughs> yep yeah so oh the odds uh, of the, the odds awesome. of him being in two games in one month he's gonna pull uh, ralph ineson he's gonna <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he if he if he reprises his role as omni man in mortal kombat one he'll be in two games <laughs> in the same and month then, too and then, <laughs> and then the following month he'll be in another one with spider-man <laughs> yeah but that's not him so, it's not him are you sure? Uh, I don't. I believe that is not him in Spider-Man, the video game franchise. I guess, I guess you probably would have a pretty good, like, easy voice to replicate if you just have a gruff voice. But all right, well, that's two wrong I got today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, how do you? So how do you feel about this game overall? I know we we had a failed attempt at playing Division Original Sin two together. But uh, what? How do you feel about this game? Uh, from they had a launch trailer. Uh, they showed that you can have sex with a druid in its bear form. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, again, this is another imminent release. You know, it is. Wow, it's a, is it a month from now? No, or is it? I mean, it and on PC, it's less than a month from now. Oh um, yeah, yeah, less than a month so, and two months so, for PS5. So two months, two okay. months for PS5. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> no, you're good. Um, yeah, like I said at the top, man, this game is doing something to me in the in the same way that Divinity did too. Where I know if I give this game the respect uh, that it deserves and learn as much as you need to to enjoy its systems, it's it's truly probably going to be something special. But do I have the time to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting because usually my you know, usually I'm like, no, 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 I can't do something that big. But I, I truly feel like, just to put it in perspective, Baldur's Gate 2, which again is a different team 23 years ago, that received a 95 on Metacritic. <laughs> uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 from this team received a 92. This is the perfect marriage for A, for this franchise and this studio. And they're going to take what they learned from Divinity, inject it into this already amazing franchise. Uh, I don't see how it's going to be anything less than spectacular. Um, the que- yeah, the question simply being, is it worth it to really try and, and spend the months and months and months and the amount of time needed to get into it? <laughs> and I want to say the answer to that is yes, it would be worth it. I just, I simply, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But 
I don't know. It, it just might be a thing where, yeah, the reviews come out. It's incredible. I start watching some YouTube videos. I, I start to understand the system, then I just have to do it. But it is just coming at such a weird time because being the slow game player that I am, I'll probably have Final Fantasy wrapped up towards the end of this month. I still have Tears of the Kingdom. I want to play Armored Core 6. Uh, I want to play Spider-Man 2. It's like, where do you insert this game? <laughs> So, again, it might just be wait for a sale or for a, a random time right. where I have nothing else to do. But it's going to be a hard one to resist. Um, you know, just watching some of the little videos uh, that they put out the last couple of days, you know, they showed this new origin character, like the dark, um, God, what's it called? I'm blanking. It's like the dark urge or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, the dark, the dark urge. And it's just like. The amount of cut, like I don't, I'm, I'm the guy that doesn't care about customizing characters, but like just watching some of the things that you can do with this, it's like, my god, dude, you can really fucking make this any which way you want. Like the way that they talk about the stories in this game, where it's just like there's so many different branching paths depending on how you interact with the world, how the story is going to unfold, what character you choose, what build you like. There's almost a crippling amount of choice in a game mm. like this, but you know. Um, you know, I, I, I just a quick little aside here. Um, it, it reminds me of a board game that I got into with my sister and my brother-in-law called Gloomhaven. If you're a super ooper duper duper nerd, you might have ever heard of it. It's mm -hmm. like this $160, 40-pound box board game that's incredibly in-depth. We had to literally spend an entire day watching eight hours of YouTube videos to learn the game and its systems. But once we did... It was the single greatest board game experience I've ever had in my life. It was this like long 150 mission campaign thing that carried over and over and over and over again. And this is probably just that version of that in video game form. It truly is a D&D style game, um, which are intimidating, but rewarding if you're willing to accept that. And I just I'm going to it's going to be a hard feeling for me to shake uh, to to just like not want to play this game. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Time, time is my enemy. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. I think I think that what you're getting to is is exactly it. It's like where will we be on September sixth? Will mm -hmm. will we not be playing anything? Will you have wrapped up uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy sixteen? And then you're like, well, here we go. You know, I'll I'll do it. You know, I'll get well, into this dude, other. And then the other side is like. I want to play Starfield almost only to, for the show, like to be able, like to be able to have a good, concrete analysis on that game because of how important it is for Xbox and in the industry. It's like I kind of want to get into it only for that reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe not ever beat it, but like check it out. So yeah, there's that on top of it also. Yeah, and, and if all these games review well, like like you, we keep mm -hmm. bringing up Armored Core, but for whatever reason, if Armored Core is a stinker, you drop it, right? If Starfield. <laughs> Things you drop it, and then if this game's good, you play it. If this game's bad, you drop it. You know, yeah. like it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting how everything shakes out. But yeah, if everything hits, it's like oh god, what do I, I got to make a decision here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dumb, sexy video games. Yeah. <laughs> Told you, yeah. man, it's an all-time year. It's it's you know we're talking about the second half of the year like we talked about the first half of the year. It's like oh I don't know, I got Dead Space and then Resident Evil and then Tears of the Kingdom and then. And then Harry Potter and got all this stuff. And, and then the middle of the year was, okay, now I got Street Fighter Six and Final Fantasy right. and Diablo. And then the, like, oh, my God, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And kind of similar to Helldivers, we kind of, you know, we kind of didn't say much of this. I think it was shown at Summer Game Fest. And we didn't say anything about it, really. We were just like, oh, it's Baldur's no. Gate 3. But it's like, 
it's Baldur's Gate 3 and it's coming to PlayStation yeah. 5. Like, that's that's a big deal, so... Yeah. Well, until I saw 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 seeing all the you know videos and things and like because one thing that this game like it is like I put fantasy in bold in quotes like the level of fantasy is unrivaled like the, you just watch a little trailer of this and you have these big hulking crazy looking eldritch beast beast things you know with this it's just it looks insane insanity um, so I, I think I kind of just wrote it off initially because of our experience with Divinity and just how intense that game was I was like no I'm not going to do this and now after this slow drip feed of how amazing all the everything looks it's like god damn god damn you, god damn you Larian yeah so. <laughs> all right so well, yeah it's a game to keep an eye on so we will be doing that for sure so but uh all I gotta say is thank God that for some reason this is ineligible in our fantasy league too. Because <laughs> if you pick this up, it's gonna be a this game is gonna be a ninety three or ninety four. I, I I feel it in my loins. Yeah, know it. it's ineligible because it was an early access game. So, which is just like lame though, isn't it? Like, yeah, we put it in early access so you can't bid on. It. It's like, all right, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Well, whatever. Whatever. Plenty of games to bid on as oh. we mentioned. <laughs> all right, ready to move on, Nick? I am. Let's do it. All right, so we have a little bit of a legacy topic here for you guys. So uh, long-time listeners, you know, there's many, there's dozens of you out there, uh, <laughs> might remember um, about six months ago, seven months ago, Nick and I, we outlined the top 10 games for PlayStation 5 that you absolutely have to play uh, if you have a console. And so uh, we felt like it was time to revisit that to kind of mm-hmm. have a little discussion, see if there's anything that we can... Uh, remove insert so that we can keep that top 10 list as viable for you guys as possible and just to keep everybody on the same page uh, the list as it currently stands is God of War Ragnarok Hades Returnal Astro's Playroom Elden Ring It Takes Two Spider-Man Miles Morales Horizon Forbidden West Cyberpunk 2077 and Control. Mm-hmm. So Nick, I'm going to kick it over to you. <laughs> Obviously, you know, we're we're going to kind of if we have any games that we think we want to add into this list, we're going to discuss and you know, obviously part of that will be which game needs to be removed. Right. So Nick, I have four games uh written out that I think I might want to make an argument for oh. with one yeah, with one extra that's just like, I don't think it should be on the list, but I want to note it just because. Uh, and actually, I'm just going to throw that out right now sure. because I don't think it should be in the list. And that's The Last of Us Part 1. If for some reason <laughs> you haven't played The Last of Us, go play it. It's really good, but I don't want to put it in this list because it is a 10-year-old game at this point and just a remake of that one. So I, I think that one can kind of just exist a little bit as an honorable mention. for. And I believe perpetuity. we did the same before. And I do want to make that caveat is like once we can't insert games that were eligible before. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, and I want to do this every six months. So any games that we played in the last six months uh, that we think are eligible, I think you make a case for it. Yeah. Cool. So, but yeah, The Last of Us Part 1, we obviously didn't feel to put it in the initial list, same thing, but obviously if we expanded this list, it would be in there, but yeah. Our love of The Last of Us is well documented on this show. (laughs) Sure is. It sure is. Um, How many many games do you have written down, Nick? Uh, (laughs) Oh, boy, I'm really doing this off the cuff. I have two, I would think I would make an argument. Well, three. I'll say three, that potential... Um, okay. Now, now I now take that back. F- maybe five. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Well, then why don't why don't you go ahead and get us started off? What's what's the first game that you want to discuss? Uh, 
let's just go with Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> okay, I don't even have that one. Good it is one. a PS5 released game. I, As we talked about earlier this year, I played it and I loved it. We are obviously, there is not a single JRPG in our top 10 uh, list here. So I would I would like to place it in. And I and, concur. And in my opinion, these are the games that are, are pretty low on this list that we have right now that can be removed. And that's mm-hmm. Spider-Man Miles Morales, because I believe it'll be removed in six months. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Forbidden West, It Takes Two, and Control, I think are the weakest on our list. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I, well, I have, I have three of those four also highlighted as the weak ones. I don't have Forbidden West and I have Astro's Playroom. Mm. Um, so that might, so, okay, but at least we, we know of three that we're kind of in agreement with. Yeah. With Control, It Takes Two, and Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because obviously we love Ragnarok, we love Hades. You just completed mm-hmm. Elden Ring. I don't think your mind yeah, has changed that. on that. Cyberpunk. No, you will never. You probably will never get that one off the list. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the next FromSoft Souls game <laughs> comes out. Yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 is about to get a huge update in a few months here, which so I think it'll still be eligible as as we say, like one of the greatest PS5 games. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think those games are all kind of safe here. Um, okay. You know, so. I don't know if there's a specific one or if, if you don't think this should be on the list, but... Uh, um, no, I would say probably the first one to go for me would probably be It Takes Two. Okay. Um, so I would, be, I would, I think inserting Persona into the It Takes Two spot is a good call. All right. All right. So we'll put it in there. It might be removed if we can make a case for another game, but it is on the yes. list right now. What do you, what do you got? All right, all right. Uh, neon white baby, neon white. Um, <laughs> you know, I I can understand this not making the list because of how different it is, but I think that's part of what makes it so special. And when I just think back on my time with a lot of these games, a lot of them didn't have the lasting impact and just full on obsession that this game <laughs> caught with me for for a good two weeks. Like I I've never. I've never dedicated myself to a platinum trophy with maybe the exception of Rayman Legends because that took me six months to get uh, like I did with this game. It was it's just pure it's pure perfection from a gameplay standpoint. The movement systems are incredible. The story is a little bit to be desired, but it's still serviceable for what it is. Um, And I just I think it's it's a more impactful, more more better game for me than something like Control or Astro's Playroom. Like when I think back on my time with Astro or my time back with Neon White, Neon White was definitely a more impactful thing for me. <laughs> well, you don't but have I'd to convince me on Neon White. So I, I'm in, uh, I am in agreement. I liked how you used the cool. term more better. We keep saying that in more this better. podcast. <laughs> we got to remove that from <laughs> we, our vocabulary. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? That, that shows how smart we are. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have it written down to stop saying that because I think I say really? it once per I episode. Um, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't listen to the podcast though, so I guess that's oh, part the of worst. it. But uh, I know. But uh, yeah, you don't have to convince me. Just uh, what do you what do you think it should swap out? Uh, let's get rid of control. All right, I, I'm with you on that. Control's Great a little control. little little dated at this point. Not that Persona Five isn't, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so out with Control, in with Neon White. 
All right, so let's see. The next game, hmm, God. So the next great game that I played in in the time since our last list was Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I love mm. this game. I platinumed it. Mm. It is, again, it is a next gen game. It, it feels like a PS5 title, and I definitely like it more than Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. But again, you have not played Jedi Survivor. So what are your thoughts on that? That's a hard one for me. Um, <laughs> you know, be, be of course that I haven't played it um, is is hard to come to any type of assumption or whatever about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard, you know, from what I've read and, and seen and heard, I've heard, you know, it's it's very good. It's a very good Star Wars game with with fun systems. Uh, so I mean, at the end of the day, Nick, like I, I kind of I defer to you if if you truly think it's a, it's a better game. Like Forbidden West to me, its strengths lie obviously in the way that it looks. I still think it's probably the greatest looking video game of all time, truly, uh, just based on its its performance, the way it looks in the op- truly open world. Story is meh. But some of the gameplay systems I still think are some of the best in video games. Taking down a big giant mech is really satisfying when it's done well. But I know how a little bit long in the tooth that game can be. But I would just you challenge you. You didn't play Burning you. Shores. What about that? I, I didn't. But, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, I guess it kind of is. Do you, I, um, mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be Forbidden West. I, again, Miles Morales, Astro's Playroom. Um, sure. Well, let, also, me, let me let me. Let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know what else you have written down. Would you put Jedi Survivor above Resident Evil 4 or Dead Space? As vid- as a video game, yes. Yeah. You would? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about Final Fantasy 16? How are we feeling on that? <laughs> uh, I, I was not going to bring that one because I haven't beaten it. Uh, okay. I think that'll be save that dis- for six months. Yeah, I, th- I think we save that for when we revisit this uh, in December or January. Um, okay, but because uh, because you're definitely not far enough to to have to argue for it. Um, no, I mean here's what I would say. I would say so. The only other two games I have written down that are Resident Evil Four and Dead Space. Um, I think it would be same here. By the way, I, okay. So I, I think replacing Miles Morales with one of those is a good spart, spot to start with. I would I would keep Horizon on there over Miles. Okay. Um, you know, so if we want to replace Miles with with if you are truly truly into Star Wars, we can we can do that. Yep. But I think that's a better game dis- than Miles Morales anyway. Okay. So Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and then so then we have to decide: Do we want Astro's Playroom and Forbidden West in instead of Resident Evil 4 in Dead Space. That's kind of where we're at, I think. <laughs> um, I would, I would, I personally like Resident Evil 4 a little bit more than Dead Space, wow. which is weird because I would, I would, I would almost argue Dead Space is a better game, but I just can't shake. And, and maybe I have to simply go back and play it. It could have been one of those not in the right state of mind games because I don't know if you remember Nick way back in the day on the podcast we 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 had a a conversation about what our most anticipated games are and I think I had Dead Space remake at number two. Yes, you did. Um, I I was super excited for it and I still love that game, but I think it was just the last chapter of that game left such a bad taste in my mouth 
that I just like I all I could think about was finishing it and getting through with it so I didn't have to do that dumb last chapter again and that you know so it, it's hard to it's hard to analyze that versus Resident Evil 4 which I thought the whole way through was was a good time but maybe not as strong at certain in certain elements you know what I'm saying yeah sure yeah so I mean are you are you a more are you do you put Dead Space a little bit higher boy I don't know because uh, yeah, these these remakes are always so tricky. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're both okay. very very good. Do they belong? Do they both belong on the list? Does one belong on the mean, list over the other? If I if you were to leave it in my hands, I would probably remove Astro and Forbidden West and put them both in there. Probably, I think they're both solid really 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 good games top to bottom you know forbidden west is great but with the lack of story i think um it may it might displace it a little bit i don't think there's anything wrong with having them both in there but um i know you haven't really said much about astro um and it's a it's a perfect package but you know is it worthy to stay in the top 10 right right at this point yeah i mean right. we're, that it's, game it's is great. two and a half years old now um, it was great. It's it's you know it's it's still the greatest example of the DualSense controller. It's it's very very pretty to look at. It's just simply at the end of the day, kind of a tech demo. And and is it is it as impactful to you as either of those two horror games that came out earlier this year? True, true that, true that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, I'm I'm okay. for that. I so so both of them, Horizon and Astro. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Fuck you, Aloy. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, we got we got a lot of horror games here. <laughs> well, we uh, we're very good at arguing, I guess, because uh, all four got in. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a sexy list, dude. That's really so. So uh, to the new top ten list for the PS Five, according to the PlayStation Pals, we got God of War, Ragnarok, Hades, Returnal. Dead Space, Elden Ring, Persona 5 Royal, Star Wars, Jedi Survivor, Resident Evil 4, Cyberpunk 2077, and Neon White. That is 10 really, really good games. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about bringing Street Fighter 6, but I, I want to play it more. It's kind of taking a back burner with Final Fantasy 16. Uh, but it might it might come <laughs> in, gonna, the next, in the next in the next time. Dude, we next, these. the next one's gonna be rough, dude. We're because now we're we're getting to the point where you have to start dropping amazing games, not like really good games, but amazing ones. And we're gonna have probably Street Fighter Six, Final Fantasy Sixteen, Armored Core Six, uh, maybe Baldur's Gate, maybe Spider Man Two. It's gonna be it's maybe gonna be a tough Spider-Man one. Spider Man Two. <laughs> yeah, no, Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two. We'll go in here for sure. Yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so. no, it's cool. What a what a great year so far again. But uh, go play all those games, people. Yeah, I know. So 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 just for my, I, the only one I have not played is Cyberpunk. Well, and Jedi Survivor. So I got to play Cyberpunk and Jedi Survivor, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. you haven't played Elden Ring. Yeah, that's, that's right. it. Yeah, but that'll never happen because you're a clown. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day. And I don't think Jedi Survival will be on here in six months either. Because again, no, I think, no, no, but I think the fact that I don't think you'll you'll play it ever. I, I, it'd be hard, man. I mean, I'd have I have the I haven't played Fallen Order in in me, and then also when do I insert it? So right. we'll see. And and Spider Man Two will make a better case for 
a third person <laughs> yeah. uh, mobility and combat game that it'll it'll probably be way better. So, yep. Right. I'm sorry, much there better. There we go. Yeah, more better. <laughs> All right. It's our brand. It's our it's our it's our brand, Nick. Don't don't discourage our brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the final topic, and this is going to be a fun one because John does not know what it is. I I, I left mm-hmm. it as a as a mystery in our show notes. So uh, longtime listeners might know that John and I we're on a we're pretty much in an agreement on a lot of things. I don't think we've ever had a like an argument on the show, have we? Can, uh, I remember arguing about something, but I don't remember what it was. But no, it doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, like, me not playing Souls games is, is a thorn in John's side, right? Like, that's obviously me, something. Me, <laughs> me not liking Rockstar games is a thorn in everybody's yeah. side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, or how, how John feels about character customization. He's, like, not big into it, which is ridiculous, you know. Yep. But uh, there is a topic that will get me and John fired up pretty hard and we have not (laughs) talked about it in the podcast itself oh no (laughs) do you do you you have an inkling is is, are you getting a rumble in your tummy is it marvel or star wars based no (laughs) no yeah there's another one john's thoughts on those properties but uh or franchises in general but uh no this is about a game that isn't on PlayStation. It is about Super Smash Brothers. And the uh. correct way to play this game. <laughs> uh, if you're okay. unfamiliar with this franchise, it takes Nintendo characters, uh, Sega characters, characters from everywhere. Uh, and they brawl in a four-person free-for-all where the goal is to knock people off the stage. Um and this is a argument that has been in the community for a very long time, and that is in regards to items. Uh, items randomly appear on the map, and they can be all kinds of crazy things. They can be a hammer, they can be a baseball bat, they can be a Pokeball that summons a random Pokemon. They can be assist trophies that summon a random video game character. Um, they're awesome. They make the game fun and spontaneous. They, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, some people might say that, oh, I will lose because of a random item. But mm-hmm. I will say to that, just get good. Like a good player no. can dodge any weapon, anything in the game that they throw at you. But, you know, John doesn't believe this, obviously. He's look at he's getting I can hear him furiously typing away. I can <clears> feel <throat> I can feel anger on the other side of the microphone here. I can feel it coming through my headset. But it's just mm. something that John's just straight up wrong about, and the internet in general too, because I know the internet just loves to play the the most boring way possible. You know, just two two characters with limited move sets fighting each other. Um, you know, it's just <clears throat> play with items, so, John. It's so, the okay. correct way to play. So, all right, all right. <laughs> First and foremost, I think it's important to note. There are multiple ways to engage in Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Are you engaging on a, in a party setting where you're playing with maybe some girlfriends or maybe, you know, it's, it's loud. <laughs> you have multiple and you can't girlfriends. Really... Yeah, yeah. Two's better than one, man. I need more than, more than one girlfriend. Um, you know, but yeah, you're playing with some people who maybe aren't super good at video games and you want to add the items in because it allows for a more even playing field. But when you are playing the game, with people who are good at video games, with people who are able to understand all the systems and, and intricacies that come into play with this game. This is a deep, 
deep technical game that you can get really good at just with the move set that the character has. And not to mention that there's 75 different characters, so you can kind of play around with the differences that way too. But when you play in that setting, there is nothing... Nick, nothing worse <laughs> than when you are having a battle with somebody and you're battling it out and you're, you're, you're reading their moves and they're reading your moves and you're getting little pot shots in here and there and you finally get an earned victory to then get a super smash ball and fuck you up, dude, that's horrible. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst way to play this game. And, and maybe that's where, where it all comes down to, Nick, because like I know you play with your girlfriend every once in a while, uh, video games. I don't know if Smash was ever that game. No, but, no. I haven't had a Nintendo I'm, console in 10 plus years. <laughs> but whenever I play this game, it is only against people that understand games, and you can get to that level of competitiveness that's really fun, and you can get to that like you do. First off, also another thing that you have to play in this game is there's no if ands or buts about it you have to play stock you cannot play time time is stupid mm-hmm. so if you play stock and you have five five lives against the other person's five lives and you you have a back and forth battle there's nothing better than that in this game if you start incorporating dumb little guns and things that like start to throw off the way that you can use your character that you've perfected it just it it lessens the experience through and through wrong <laughs> no <laughs> items are fun they they bring a like this is it, uh, yes, there's a giant amount of characters. There's a bunch of cool stages, and that is that is definitely a plus to the game too. But items are just that extra element that just makes the game more absurd and ridiculous. And it's part of the strength of it as a fighting game is like how random things can happen all the time. Like that that you can just have Gray Fox from Metal Gear just come out and just start swinging his sword wildly, and you're just gonna have to accommodate that, you know. Is there any other game, Nick, that you think it's good to have random things happen at any given time? Because I can. Like, imagine if you were playing Street Fighter, and all of a sudden, the other guy gets a flaming sword, and his reach is three times as big. Like, fuck that. Like, you would you would hate that, right? And I know it's like you're probably thinking, well, that's apples and oranges, John. That's a 2D plain one-on-one fighting game. Right. But I would argue the point. In what scenario is <laughs> random things what you want in a game? It allows it. It simply takes away any agency you have as a player. Um, yeah. How do you? Oh, so I'm, I'm going to pivot just a little bit so to kind of mm-hmm. like expand on on the RNG element here. How do you feel yep. about Mario Kart? I hate Mario Kart. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I, I you're consistent. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 it's funny. Anytime, like, you know, Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, those are like the two party games, right? I feel like they've been the two party games for us growing up. You could throw Mario Party in there as well. Yeah. But whenever I'm with my friends and they're like, let's play Mario Kart, I, I groan. I go, I don't want to play, guys, because there's nothing worse than the rubber banding effects as well with those random bullshit. Like, oh, I got lightning, and then at the very end of the match, I got second place. It's just, it's never a good feeling. It's never a good feeling. It's funny. Like, it's like, you could tell, like, you're, John is so competitive. That's, that's, what, that, that's what I'm getting here is John is so mm-hmm. competitive that random elements contributing to his losing 
He can't stand it. <laughs> no. No. No, listen, man. Life is too short. Time is too short. You know, we spend all this time on this on this earth to get good at things, right? Like you you find the things that you love, you find the things you're good at. For me, it's baseball, sports, and video games. That's what I enjoy. And for baseball, for instance, right? Like, hey, I, I put all this effort and years and years of practice in, and guess what? It, it paid off and I won a state championship. And that's a, that was a great feeling. Like if I'm playing a game and you know, it's not on the same playing field because one thing is a, a life experience, the other thing's a bullshit video game. I get that. <laughs> but if I'm putting the time and effort into to get good at this game, it's just it, how how can it be fun to to just have you know ex ex girlfriend come in and be like, haha, I got the hammer, run away from me. It's just it's it sucks. It sucks. I I, do, I don't think either of us will ever be able to convince the other one either no. in any way. <laughs> but like you, so even like a, I, okay, let's take a step back. I can understand like Smash Brothers, right? You get your four your four person match. I kind of understand a four person match having items. I never play four person matches though. Almost every single time I play Smash Brothers, and specifically there was this one guy I grew up with. His name was Tony. Like we would always play. We were we were equal levels, so we could play fifteen matches and it'd be eight to seven at the end of it. And it was mm-hmm. a great great competitive scene. So I can understand if you're playing with four-person Smash where it's, you know, we're not doing this seriously, having items in that scenario being fine, I suppose. But are you telling me, Nick, you would still want items in a one-on-one situation? Yeah. Ugh, no, can't. And I wonder, I guess, when you talk about Street Fighter, right, it's like, ever since I, when I did play Smash Brothers, when it came out in N64, I just played with items. Like, like that was something I did. And so, like, it's always felt to me as the correct way to play the game. The items were always an element you just had to account for. And, and what, and back then, again, within my little small friend group, like, the items wouldn't matter. Like, I would destroy them regardless. Like, like, you come at me with a hammer in N64, I could, I could get around it. Like, I, that's how good I got at that game. Um, but what about a fucking like Maxim Tomato and you're like beating the shit up? And like, oh, you're at zero again. Great. <laughs> I don't remember cool. if those were in the were they in the N64 version. Mm-hmm. Sure were. I, I, I yeah I don't know. It's just again like I yeah. my my skill level at the time would account for it. I could just I just beat the shit out of them you anyway. But <laughs> yeah, but and I I will admit yes. Like when I played the N64 one, that's the one I got good at as well. I would leave Pokeballs on. I will admit that I would leave those on because I liked the added um and it's kind of funny the added move set that throwing an item could have it wasn't so much about the pokeball itself right um it was about the ability to throw them because it was it was always fun to throw an item across the map but i yeah i think as melee and brawl and ultimate came out and now there's i don't even know how many items there are on ultimate dude it's like i don't know what any of these do and yes i'm going to be a stubborn old man and refuse to learn what they do um that that, that because, is a good, again i play one-on-one that is a good context and i was going to bring that up as well as like yeah again I've been out of the Smash Brothers ecosystem since Brawl, the GameCube one. So obviously the game's rosters have expanded, the items have expanded, the randomness has expanded. Like I, I can't imagine yeah. there's probably over a hundred items in Smash Brothers Ultimate that I just don't know about. So you know I'm obviously coming from back then when it's like, well, he's throwing a Pokeball. I know everything that can come out of it, as opposed to now yeah. with assist yeah, yeah. trophies and the crazy amount of Pokemon now that it would be like, oh, like, I could account for Snorlax coming out of a Pokeball. I can't count on for the hundreds of different Pokemon that are probably going to come out of that Pokeball now that I have no idea about, you know, so... 
It's, that is a that is a very fair point. Yeah, because I if you were to if you were to say like, hey, we're gonna play N sixty four Smash with items on, I'd probably be like, fine, like whatever. But like, no, Ultimate, dude, there's no way. I'm looking at the items right now. It's like, okay, you got a super mushroom, you got a, a heart container, you got a maximum <laughs> tomato, you got a superstar, you got a super spicy curry, you got a home run bat, you got an ore club, you got a fire bar. You got, it's like ah, I get it, <laughs> I get it, but every extra item that gets added removes, in my opinion the funness that comes with the pure skill and depth that are in the fighting systems. The fighting systems are so deep in those games that you, you adding this into it re, re, reduces that level of, I don't know, um, ability that you can get with a character. Sure. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not good. And I, <laughs> uh, just one final point, they don't play with items in legit leagues. So yes, I know, I know. But that's all. they don't like to have fun. <laughs> well... Well, this this is a good opportunity, I think, for anybody listening to please write in. Please write in. Settle this debate. Let us know. You know, is 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 it worth it to play with items or not? How do you play Super Smash Brothers? Please let us know so that um, Nick can rub it in my face or I can rub it in Nick's face because we have an argument going on at work as well. So if we can add any uh, you know extra layers to that, uh, you know, that's always good. Yeah. Write in. Let us know. Yeah. But Nick is Nick is wrong. No, John is wrong, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I knew that would be Good a call fun me. one. Um, Good topic. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, that is six things. We did it. Uh, we apologize for recording okay. later. You know, our schedules just work out that way sometimes. And and I know, again, this is not another video podcast, and we're, we're, we're going to stick to video. We're just going to we're gonna rework it. We're going to make it better, you know, how we yep. record video yeah, podcasts. We- um, yeah, we, we need to we need to to figure that out, but yeah, rest assured, you know, we'll get there. Yeah, it'll it was definitely coming back and will be part of our uh, our normal routine going forward. But we just want to perfect it first. Um, but uh, uh, teases next next week we'll get some PlayStation Plus extra games for July. I will have completed Final Fantasy 16, I believe, and I probably will re- spoiler free review it. Uh, what do you got for me, John? What are you bringing? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Final Fantasy 16. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that. Uh, I, I think I mentioned it. I did briefly start Cult of the Lamb, but with how good Final Fantasy is, I, I, that's gone completely on the back burner. Um, you know, might might touch on that here and there. Um, 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 um. No, man. I Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just focusing on that. Yeah, sure. yeah. We, we got to empty our backlog so we can be ready for mm-hmm. this fall. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Zelda. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah well, you'll never play that game. <laughs> that's that's not true, but, you know, I'm hoping, uh, you know, I know we didn't talk about the show, but I'm hoping Nick is, uh, you know, his, his girlfriend's B-Day's coming up, might might get her a switchy switchy, you know, so maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe throw, throw Tears of the Kingdom your way if you're interested. We'll see. That's true. That's true. I could start... Talking about Nintendo games, bringing them to the mm-hmm. show if that happens, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Right, Hopefully, she's right. not listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Uh, what song are we leaving him on, John? I, I you didn't you didn't let me know, so I'm nope, learning now. And I forgot. 
I forgot about till one minute ago. I've been, I've, I was hoping you were going to stall and you did. So thank you. <laughs> uh, we are going to be listening to uh, BFG Division from Mick Gordon, the Doom Eternal soundtrack. We're going to, we're going to bring the heavy stuff again. It's just pure, pure rage uh, in song form for eight minutes straight. So, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you need to make sure you're not driving because you'll probably uh, break some speed limits, make sure you're not angry with anybody in your life because you might want to punch them. But uh, Mick Gordon bringing the fire with, with the Doom Eternal. I'm I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you because I bet you we've done that song before. <laughs> no, 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 we did. No, we did. The only thing they fear is, is you. We've you done sure? that before. You sure? Positive. Yes. Hundred percent. Okay. All right. Well, yep. if if it is the same song, you you'll be shamed on the next podcast. <laughs> Crap. I'm I'm ninety three percent sure. <laughs> you should give us a real time. Can't you real time check this, Nick? Can you real time check this or no? I mean, it doesn't make for great audio, but yeah, let me see here. Um, <laughs> you want me to sing? I can sing to the crowd. We got yeah. We did rip and tear. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I just have it listed as Doom Eternal. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, that was probably the only thing they fear is you. Let's see. Let's see. Because I'm. Yeah, let's see. You're probably right. You're good. probably okay. right. Okay. I don't so like you're to be right. shamed. You're all right. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yep. So BFG division. Pretty, pretty fucking awesome. All right. Yeah. Just drive slowly if you're in your car. Um, yes. So yeah, that's it. That's six things. We will be back next week with another six things. As always, we thank you for listening to us. We love doing the show and... We love that you're listening to us every week. So thank you. So play smash with no items. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. But we'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye bye. Take care.